following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. My name is Paul Pascrell, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And this is not a normal podcast episode for us because we're doing something new called Off Topic. Basically, we're talking about something other than Toonami. And on this Off Topic episode, we're talking about Picard Season 3. And I thought this would be a perfect way to kind of do something new, something every once in a while that's off the topic of Toonami because... Let's face facts, the block has been a little slow this year. But when I do a podcast, I'm never alone. So with me tonight is... Hey everyone, it's Laser Kid. And uh, yeah, Laser's excited to, to talk about this too, because we both have been watching this. Oh yeah, and, we've um, been bouncing back and forth every week. Yes, on one. yes we have. And it, it's... It, it was really good. I mean, I, I, I have my issues. Yeah. Um, well, it's not but, perfect, but I liked it. But, you know, we're, we're going to kind of just get into it and talk about it and uh, give our opinions. And then, you know, at the end, if you if somebody wants to chime in after listening to this podcast and let us know their thoughts and want us to do more of these off topics, please, you know, do let us know that. But um, obviously, before we start, we should say spoiler alert because... Uh, Yes, get that red <laughs> red alert going because we're gonna go. Yes, red alert. I might have to put that sound in here. Red alert. Please do. I think it'd be amazing. Now, which one I choose? That's gonna be the that's gonna be mm. the the interesting thing. But um, even I won't know. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, um, so let's talk. Let's let's just get into it. So, Star Trek Picard three basically starts off with Picard and assuming assumingly his new girlfriend because this was his maid for the first two seasons basically or his assistant or whatever you want to call her because i'm i'm still a little confused about what laris really was i I think she was just his assistant pretty much helping him you know more than me i'm that guy that went from not watching it at all to oh my god this season's amazing laser hasn't even seen the first two seasons i will probably never will I will. Well, first of all, I'm going to make you watch the first two seasons, at oh. least season one, because you oh. need to. Oh, okay. Um, I had always been told that those and Discovery were really bad, and I was given good reasons why they're bad, and so I just kind of like. Uh, so, uh, Strange New Worlds is good, though. I like that. I'll be honest with you. Like, season one wasn't bad. It was okay. I haven't seen season two because I have heard it's bad. I've seen pieces <laughs> of it, but I need to watch it now, especially after watching this. Um, ironically, I, I had this conversation with you over DM that I think, um, they could have done something a little bit differently. Um, oh yeah, there are certainly <laughs> some things that, you know, you could do differently, things that I would have done differently, but I've still liked it a lot. Yeah. So, um, basically what happens in this season. So like I was saying, Laris is his assistant, whatever she is. Um, you know, seemingly this is his girlfriend now. 
um, because she really wanted to be with him after her husband had died. Um, Because as she said in season two, which is one of the things I actually saw, was, um, you know, when a Romulan loses somebody in their life, they lose their significant other. um, Basically, they honor them by finding somebody else to love. And obviously, Laris wanted Picard to be her love. And I, and I know I'm a little bit, I'm rambling on about this a little bit, but um, it's important for me to kind of give this information because especially with laser not knowing. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I, I didn't know all that, but uh, I will say, even from an outsider perspective where I didn't bother, and unless you make me what you seem to want to, which I might, I, don't, I, I had no interest in the previous seasons, but I will say, she shows up in the first episode. She it's it's clear there's a relationship of some kind. I did mm-hmm. get romantic vibes between her, her and Picard. I did. Yeah. And then she's just like, "Sir, not appearing in this film." Yeah, and we'll get we'll get to that more. I'll. And that, th- that's... I, I would agree that that is probably the biggest negative that this entire mm-hmm. season has, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Because after... the rest of it is pretty much all positive. Stuff. And here's the thing, Laser. After season one and two especially season two, you're going to sit here and, and be scratching your head going, okay, yeah, now this really pisses me off. <laughs> I believe but, you. I believe you. So, uh, it, it makes sense that that would be a problem. So um, what happens is, is Picard and her are planning to go to, I think it's Chintaka 4, was it? I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, to, because Laris is with, is helping, I, I believe, that she's helping the Romulans rebuild or doing some kind of work with the Romulans because obviously she's a Romulan and um, Picard is agreed to come along. He wants to kind of go on this new adventure with her. Um, obviously clearly it's, there's, you know, some kind of romantic relationship going on here and he wants to see where this goes. And then, of course, because the universe is the universe and Captain Picard, Admiral Picard, whatever you want to call him at this point, um, it gets weird as we go through talking about this. But anyways, um, in in relation to his his rank, but um, Admiral Picard gets a signal on his old comm badge and it's Beverly Crusher who we find out none of the crew, including Picard has talked to you in like what they say like 20 years um all of a sudden contacts him um being like very very vague and no star you know no Starfleet can come and help us but we need your help um and Picard's Picard goes to Laris and says "I, I don't know what to do with this like I haven't seen this girl in 20 years do I fucking should I even fucking bother with this? That's that's kind of what he's doing. And you know what? Doing. Fair point. Fair point. So, um, and Laris is like, look, this is who we are. You have to go and see what this is all about. And Picard's like, okay, well, I'm going to be back in a couple days. And Laris gives him the look like, I don't think you're going to be back in a couple days, but Laris I will still hold. sitting there waiting for him. <laughs> yes, probably. But, but see, you're jumping ahead, Laser. We can't yeah. jump ahead. Okay. All right. So, so Picard calls up Riker and basically meets him at a bar and says, which is funny, which is funny, but, um, he, he said, he tells William, 
He tells Will, hey, look, this is what's going on. I don't know what to do here. I don't even know. I'm just a retired admiral. What the hell can I do here? Because there's no way for me to, you know, save her if I don't have a ship. Well, Will's like, listen, me and me and Troy are having some problems. Um, so I want to do something to get my mind off of it, basically. I'm I'm saying this in a funny way, but it it really it, seems like that. It does seem like that. And all he also is just like, yeah, adventure. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it looked like he was like, all right, I need an adventure because whatever's going on between me and Troy, and they were they were a little they were very vague on what was going on, but um it definitely I mean, fills in later. Yeah, it fills in a little bit later, but it, it, it still was kind of vague, like I think they were just fighting with each other or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, you know, um Will is like, Okay, well I have a plan. I have an idea. The Frontier Day is coming up. Um, I think we can do something and get you a ship. Also, Will was able to figure out the code that Beverly was um, sending to Picard in what she was saying. And basically, she um, he, he finds out that they're in this system that's right outside of Federation space is where she's located. And so obviously they need a ship and... Will makes arrangements for him and Captain, and I keep saying Captain because I'm so used to that, Admiral Picard to go and do a shakedown cruise, so to speak. Oh, we do meet a with, new captain. With, um, with, a, with the new USS Titan, which is a refit of the original. So this is the USS Titan A. Uh, Riker's ship was the USS Titan. Um, this is basically a refit to what's known, what's, not known, what's called uh, Neo-Constitution class. And you can definitely tell it's a you know, Constitution class um, because it kind of looks like the first Enterprise. It does. It definitely has that yeah. vibe. I enjoyed it, though. That was cool to have. Yes. Um, and you kind of look at that and you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And it becomes even more interesting when we get to the end of this whole thing that I'm, I'm talking about. Um. So basically they tell Captain Shaw, hey, let's go do let's 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 take the Titan to um the you know to this to this system that's just outside of Federation space. And Captain Shaw's like, No, fuck you, we're not doing that. Um <laughs> I'm I, I feel like there's something going on here. We're not doing that. Meanwhile, um when they first came onto the ship, um they were greeted by um seven of nine who's now a commander um captain shaw prefers to call her annika hansen or commander hansen uh her real name not her borg name um which is interesting because later on at the end of the the season there's this and i'll we'll talk about that too um he 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 gives this like rave review of her and it's like Okay. All right. <laughs> but anyways, it makes sense to me, but I'll get there when we get there. Right. So, and don't worry, we're going to get a little bit, I'm not going to go over every single episode. I'm just going to kind of oh, give, you know, there's so much, there's so much. I just want to kind of get this big part out of the way and then kind of go from be a little bit quicker about the synopsis. But, um, basically seven of nines, like what the hell are you guys up to? What are you trying to do? And, you know, 
Admiral Picard tells her, this is, this is what's up. You know, this is why we need the Titan to take us here because we need to figure out what's going on with, with Beverly Crusher. Well, unbeknownst to them, um, seven of nine has taken the Titan to the system. I can't remember uh, Rigel system. I want to oh, say, gosh. Uh, I think it was the Rigel system. Yeah. I know they end up in the, uh, totally original, totally, cl- um, not, not a fun name, the Metalla system at one point. Yeah. So whatever the system is, because they, they talk about 50 different systems and it makes my head spin. Uh, yeah. I, um, I honestly don't remember which one's which anymore. So, what happens is is she basically brings them there and she says, look, you got like five minutes to get to a shuttle and do what you got to, you know, get off the ship um, because, you know, I'm not going to be responsible for, I'm not going to get yelled at for you <laughs> for this or I, I don't really care, but here's, I did what you asked, here you go. And, you know, I, I hate to say this, but technically Seven of Nine was following orders, so it's not... Like, you know, she was, she was listening to an admiral, even though the admiral's retired. So, I mean, you can't, I I don't know why, like, Captain Shaw's all pissed and wanted to report her. Because he told her no. Well, right. So. He told her no, and she's like, eh, I'm just going to do what I want anyway. Right. So, basically what happens is, is they take a shuttle over to Beverly Crusher's ship, um, and they find Beverly Crusher in and to, i guess we can relate this to tsunami into come some kind of Sa- saiyan um regeneration pod or whatever <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah it's, i mean it's not a regeneration pod it's just, just to sustain her life basically a cryostasis pod or some shit yeah so and then all of a sudden this other individual shows up and was trying to like stu- you know trying to stop Riker and Picard and we come to realize this is Beverly's son. His name is Jack Crusher. Yeah, we saw, we saw the Jack Crusher name in the first episode and one of the first shots. And I'm like, Oh, is this a flashback? Oh no, no, this is a new Jack Crusher. (laughs) Yes. So, um, you know, Will Will looks at Picard and you can tell that he's like, wait a minute, is this what I think it is? But, Obviously, that isn't talked about because all of a sudden the bad guy shows up and her name is Vatic and she has these, I want to say, weird looking. Um, I wanted to say samurai looking people because that's what they were dressed in. At least that looked like it. Yeah, um, I do like how the Vatic is referred to later as the monologuing protoplasm, but, you know, um, but she has. Um, but she has this warship, which is, I love that they use the V'ger sound effects for that. That was great. For a minute, I thought that thing was a V'ger. I'm like, no. And so she's basically like, basically like, look, you need to hand over Jack Crusher. I'm sending over these guys and you need to, you know, give me Jack Crusher or I'm going to kill everybody. Um, they get onto the, they destroy the shuttle that's on top of Beverly's ship and then they come onto the ship, and basically there's this, there's basically a firefight, and just as you know things look to be going south, so to speak, um, the Titan shows up and beams, 
beams over everybody. Um, and, you know, basically Vadic's like, look, you have like an hour to give up Jack Crusher or I'm going to destroy your ship. Well, and because she's got a warship, well, I think she can get what she wants done. So, um, basically they're trying to figure out, okay, why do they want Jack? Why do they want him? What, what's so special about Jack Crusher? Well, meanwhile, in the, in the bay, um, in the medical bay, uh, they're bringing Crusher back to life, basically healing her. And Will's like, is, is saying to Beverly, like, what is going on here? Like, what, why do they want your son? And, you know, without really saying too much, she basically indicates that this is Picard's son. I mean, it was pretty obvious, but yeah, uh, I do so, really like this because uh, this is a good um, continuation of a plot thread from Generations where his whole family is just like wiped out. Well, now he's right. got more family. So, um, meanwhile, Jack is trying everything he can to get off of this ship. So that way nobody gets hurt and, you know, all that wonderful stuff. And, you know, basically Picard is still like clueless on the bridge sitting here going, I still don't know why Vatic wants, you know, Vatic wants Jack. Like, what is this all about? And Will brings um, Beverly on the bridge. Picard looks at her and she like, like puts her head down and then starts shaking her head, like acknowledging like, yeah, this is your kid. And Picard's like, oh, okay, that's it. Battle stations. Let's just, let's just fight this ship and get the hell out of here. And that basically ends the first part of, I guess it would be episode one, but then episode two is where they basically get into the battle with them. Um, basically what happens is during the battle. And by the way, I, I feel bad for captain Shaw because this isn't the first time that happens uh, during the battle between the ship, between Vatic's ship um, and and the Titan basically, you know, they get they get you know he gets hurt in the battle. So then he gives command to William to Will Riker. So now Captain Will Riker is captaining the Titan again. And what happens is is they try to he tries to get away. Um. And by the way, this this is what I'm talking about happens from episode one to episode four. Um, basically, they're trying to get away. And what happens is, is when they think they're about to get away, Vatic's ship, which is called the Shrife, basically has this weapon from uh, the Daystrom Institute that opens up portals. <laughs> so every time that the ship would almost get away, they would shoot a portal in front of the ship it would it would go into the portal and then they uh, an opening would come back and it would be right in front of the shrike and then the shrike would have its way with the ship basically um which was so fucked up might i add 
Um, yeah. Meanwhile, while this is all going on, um, Rafi is off on this weird planet with like a bunch of. She's on. Well, let's be honest here. She she's on Coruscant. <laughs> I I wasn't gonna say that, but yes, that's what. It, well, let's Coruscant. be honest here. She she's 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 hanging out over in Star Wars Town. Yeah, let, let's just say it that way. There's a bunch of bad guys everywhere. There's clubs. There's bars. Whatever. You get the picture. She, she's gonna go buy some death sticks. Um, she's, and why this is important when I say this is gonna be, is gonna make things a little bit clearer. So, um, basically, she's part of Starfleet Intelligence. Um, they sent her on a mission to find out why a portal device, hint hint, was stolen from the Daystrom Institute. Um, and her handler, who we don't know who that person is yet. Um, basically is telling her, look, you need to find out what's going on here. Um, and one of the people that she meets on Coruscant, we'll just call it Coruscant at this point. Um, she basically says there, this guy basically says to her, um, it's, it has to do with the red lady. That's all I know. Blah, 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 blah. Um, she finds she figures out eventually that the red lady is this statue that's um that's at one of the um recruitment centers on a different planet so she she takes it she takes the ship that we've seen for the first two seasons over to this planet with the the recruitment center and all of a sudden this portal opens up below it the the recruitment center goes oh, through it. Oh, we have portals again. And then gets dumped onto the planet. So now she's sitting here going, what the hell is going on? So now we come back to what I was just talking about with the portals. Well, we figure out that the Shrife basically did this to that recruitment center. Um, and we find out a little bit later why, what that was supposed to do. Um, but basically... Um, the Shrife eventually gets its way and the Titan is disabled and they're in this nebula, mind you. I hadn't, I hadn't said that yet. And they basically, uh, yeah, they, they basically relive wrath of Khan. Yeah. Well, not wrath of Khan, but it was, it was more or less like they thought that they were in some kind of living creature oh, to the that, point that of where, part. yeah, no, that, yeah, that, so, that gives me a uh, far point vibes. So they, they basically fall, into which they thought was a creature, but it was deeper into this nebula. Um, and William Rikers basically says to, to Picard, this is your fault. This is we're we're dead because of you, because you made bad decisions now, whatever. Um, but then eventually really interesting to see Riker and Picard be, um, biting each other's heads off. Cause that yes, is not normal. That wasn't normal. Um, so basically what happens is, um, they eventually figure out that around them are these small little creatures that are coming to life and they're emanating this energy that the Titan can use to restart the engines and everything. Also, while this was all going on, um, a changeling out of nowhere puts a device on the engine or somewhere on the engine and blow, it blows up, which also causes the Titan to have issues as well. Um, Jack gets beat up, and 
luckily they're able to bring Jack um, back from almost dying. And uh, yeah, so we, we sit there and go, wait a minute, changelings, what's going on here? Um, and come to find out, Vatic is a changeling and all her, all the men on her ship, men, women, whatever are changelings as well. Um, so this, this rogue faction of the changelings is some, for some reason attacking the Federation. Um, but back to what was happening with the Titan, basically what happens is, is they're able to use the energy from these, these creatures that are starting to come to life and are able to bring the ship back up to power, have everything going, and they're able to escape and disable um, Vatic's ship, the Shrife, and get away. Um, also, in these first episodes, we go back to Rafi, and basically what happens is is she tries to do something else to find out more information after a handler said, no, you're done. You don't need to do this anymore. Um, and she gets herself into some trouble to where her handler has to come and save the day. And <laughs> we come to find out. Cue that, amazing clean on music. Yes. We come to find out that Worf is her handler and saved her life. Um, and when I mean save her life, he has this huge fucking sword that he just lops everybody's heads off with, which is awesome. Oh, and man. I can't Seeing describe Worf this. Actually, kick ass. Oh man, that was. So and nice. I can't, I, I can't describe this any better. You have to see it yourself. Amen. Because there's no way I can describe this. So basically, together, him and Rafi, um, they figure out. Look, we got to find somebody to give us information on what's going on. And they were able to capture this one dude who actually ends up being a changeling. And that's how we find out that, Oh my God, there's changelings yeah, involved. Well, apparently uh worst good friend Odo tipped him off to the rogue faction. Yes. So, um, Worf and Rafi try to, um, find this, I believe it's a Vulcan. Yeah, it is a Vulcan. And, you know, after some convincing maneuvering and Worf almost getting killed, <laughs> um, they're able to capture him, kill all of his men, capture him, and get a device that allows them to sneak into Daystrom Institute. Because what we learn is that these changelings were able to get into Daystrom Institute and steal the uh, portal device. But the thing is, is they also find out that the portal device was kind of a distraction. So them killing the 130 people in that recruitment center was just a distraction for something else that they stole from the Daystrom Institute. Um, so basically what happens is, is Rafi and Worf meet up with the Titan captain or captain Riker and, um, Admiral Picard. They tell them all this. They tell them, Hey, we need to break into the Institute to figure out 
what the hell was actually stolen besides the portal gun or portal weapon, whatever you want to call it. And um, they come up with this plan to... Um, they basically come up with this plan to uh, stop, to uh, dig in into Daystream Institute and figure out what's going on. Um, just before this happens, before Worf comes on board with Rafi, um, the Titan is... And which is a great scene, mind you, because this is the first time that we actually see bots repairing a ship. Um, the Titan is stopped in space somewhere where they're they're repairing themselves with the bots that they have. And Captain Shaw says, "Oh, by the way, I contacted the I contacted the Federation and said, "Hey, this is what's going on. Can you come get these guys because they're violating the rules." And all of a sudden, the ship shows up. Another Federation ship shows up out of nowhere. And lo and behold, on that ship is uh, a next generation character. I did not expect to see her. I did not expect to see her either. Again, spoiler alert, red alert, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Danger, Um, danger, Will Robinson. Rolaren, or should I say Commander Rolaren, comes on board with two security guards and she's supposed to take Admiral Picard and Captain Riker into custody along with Jack Crusher. Um, and I would assume Beverly Crusher as well. Um, but she basically takes Picard aside. They have an argument because if you guys remember from the Next Generation series, um, the last time that we see Rolaren, she betrays the Enterprise and joins the Marquis the Maquis and um, as a result, you know, they get away and you know, that, that pisses off Picard because this was Picard's pupil. This was like, he, he he believed in her, even though she had previously been Maquis and then she, uh, Oh yeah. By the way, I'm totally going back anyway. Screw you. (laughs) Right. So what we find out is Rolaren well, first of all, Ro and her have a nice have this interesting conversation, and they, um, I would say they kind of reconciled. Yeah. Um, again, again, recently. this is I don't want to explain it because a it's going to be boring, but b you should kind of see it for yourself. Um, but basically, we find out that Ro Laren was the one that sent Worf, and then Worf obviously was Rafi's handler to find out what was going on. Also, there's a reason that Roe was using a shuttle instead of beaming over to the Titan because oh, she was finding out. You're getting way ahead of yourself now. Well, I'm not, I'm not getting ahead of myself just yet, but basically she tells Picard, listen, there's something going on. I don't have all the, I don't have all the ducks in the row, so to speak, but this is, but you need to be careful. And she basically before leaves, before leaving gives him her earring. Um, and she leaves in the shuttle that she came in to go back to the other ship. And on the way there, we come to find out that the two security guards that are with her are, you know, surprise, surprise changelings. They plant a bomb on her shuttle 
and leave and beam off the sh- beam off the shuttle. Yeah, that's great. Ro can't Ro can't the device that's on there, she can't beam off the ship. She can't remove the device. So she says her goodbyes to Picard and takes the shuttle and rams it into one of the nacelles of the ship, causing it to kind of, you know, spiral, not spiral, but kind of lose um, its maneuverability for a few minutes. Um, and basically come to find out, you know, this ship is full of changelings and also, um, Roe had offloaded a lot of the Titans crew, so there wasn't that many people on there, which I think she did on purpose. So um, basically, Captain Will Riker's like, listen, Captain Shaw, I'm giving, here's the command back. By the way, we need to get the hell out of here. Well, no, that's a Federation ship. He's like, look at your eyes. They're powering up their weapons. And he's saying this as the ship is stabilizing itself and arming weapons. And Shaw's like, Oh fuck. Yeah, we got to get the hell out of here. So <laughs> he jumps into warp as they're shooting him and they don't get shot. They don't get destroyed. They just are able to get out of there. Um and then like I said, they meet up with Worf and Rafi and they figure out um that yeah, this is you know, this was Roe all along trying to get them to uh figure out what the hell is going on. Um, one thing that I forgot that I, uh, I should point out is there's a really interesting conversation between Picard and Crusher that happens. I believe it's in episode two um, where she explains why she left and why um, Jack never had any interactions with Picard. Um, and throughout these episodes, you see them start to kind of talk to each other and get comfortable with each other. Um, but, you know, basically Jack decided not to have anything to do with Picard. Um, we kind of figure that out because in one of the, one of the, the episodes you see Picard at a bar eating food by himself. I guess I think that's guidance bar and a bunch of, yeah, it's probably guidance bar, bunch of Starfleet recruits come up and they, you know, because he is who he is. They ask him 50 questions. He talks about stuff. Um, and you know, Jack asked him a question, and he, he responded asked him about, "Do you need? Did you ever want a family?" He's like, oh, I never needed a family. Yeah. Oh, great, good job, Picard. And after he says that response, basically, Jack disappears, and Picard's like, "Oh fuck, okay. Well, I fucked that one up." Um, <laughs> oh, he didn't. So how was he so supposed to? Back to what we were talking about. So basically, what happens is, is the Titan is running away. From the Federation, they're dropping uh, transponders to try to throw off these ships that are looking for them. Um, meanwhile, by the way, Federation ships are connected now, so basically, no matter where this ship is, if another ship gets close to it, it can figure out where you are. Oh, that's, so, that, yeah, the, the, there's no reason why this would ever backfire. No, no, this isn't well, a it, terrible idea. We're, we're that... getting we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but well. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So basically they come up with this plan that, okay, we need to, 
we need to figure out we need to get on to Daystrom Station and um you know figure out what's going on. So Will Will Riker, Worf, and Rafi decide to to go over to Daystrom Station. They're able to beam on board, use this key to get in, and then they start searching for um whatever they they start searching for uh basically um the um the manifest of daystrom station uh meanwhile while they're doing that the ship show up and the titan has to leave because you know if they don't leave then they're going to destroy it oh by the way if any of those weapons hit hits the titan's hull that they're firing at them they can track the Titan. So they're like, no, we got to get the hell out of here. And Picard comes up with this idea of, okay, well, I know where we can go. Let's go to the fleet museum. I love this episode. It's one of my favorites. Basically they come to the fleet museum, which is pretty much every old ship that hasn't been destroyed. That is important. The enterprise a is there. The NX. Um, the, the enterprise from enterprise. the enterprise from from enterprise is there, but it's the refit that we never got to see. So that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Voyager is there. That um, that was so nice. I, I love that they even used the Voyager theme for that briefly. Yes, and we'll we'll get into that in just a second. Um, the Defiant is there, which is great. Oh yes. Um. And then we see some other ships. I swear to God, I saw the Prometheus there. For those of you that don't know what the Prometheus is, that's a vo- that's a ship that was in Voyager. It was an experimental ship that could split into three ships. Multi-vector mode. Oh, that was awesome. But anyways, um, I think I saw the the USS Akira because that was one of that was one of the first Akira class ships. Um, and there were some other ships there. Oh, um, the New Jersey was there too. Um, Basically, the reason they came to the museum... Oh, and they're all centered around... They're all, like, connected to the old space dock that used to orbit Earth. So, if anybody was wondering while you're watching this, going, that space dock looks different than the ones that I've, you know, remembered. Well, that's why, because the original space dock was moved... And that may have been a blessing in disguise for later things. Yes, later on. Um, so what happens, so the person that's running the fleet museum and why Picard went there was because was Jordy LaForge, Commodore Jordy LaForge. And Jordy comes on board with his other daughter. And by the way, I didn't say this, but Jordy has two daughters, one that is already on the Titan that's flying the ship and, you know, this is, I'm not going to go into what hers, but she's, she's, you know, she's, she's a, she's a good character in, in this series. And again, I'm not going to give details cause I can't give details about everything. Um, but he comes on board with his other daughter and basically says, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know what I mean? And Picard tells him why, what's going on. He's like, listen, you can't do this, you know? Um, meanwhile, seven of nine and, uh, Picard's son, Jack are talking on the bridge 
and they're looking at the individual ships and there's this, there's this where she, cause she's looking at the different ships and it goes to Voyager and she does this really touching speech about, you know, how this was my home. This, you know, this is where I found myself, blah, 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 blah. It's a really touching thing. Somebody made a video and I can't remember where it was. I'd have to look back at my Twitter, but, um, it was very nice to see, you know, seven have that reaction to it. Yes. And, you know, Jack says to her, well, so basically you're looking for your new family now. And then she says, she looks at Jack and starts laughing and goes, you know, you are just like your father. You're annoying, but you have this way of making pe- making people feel noticed. And, you know, Jack acknowledges, yeah, yeah, I think I do have that. So, and by the way, while this is all going on as well, Beverly finds out that the, that Jack has, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Um, maybe you can say it better than I can, but aeronautic syndrome, aromatic, aromatic aromatic syndrome. Yep. Um, that's what Picard had and that's what killed him. And in season one, yeah. Um, and it actually, uh, first showed up at the end of next generation. It was causing him to go through time and all good things. Yes. So, um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't causing him to go through time. Well, that was, it was Q, but that was Q, but Um, what, so what happened was, is that for those of you speaking of laser who hasn't seen season one, um, what happened was, is Picard actually died of this and he became essentially an Android, but a human Android in the sense of he could do everything a human could do. He was just cybernetic. Yeah, no, I, I did pick up that that had happened. There are things that I either I'd heard or I picked up on. Right. Um, season three does a fantastic job, assuming you don't know anything, let me tell you. Well, right, but I, I think that's why I say to you, like, you need to at least see season one so you can kind of get an idea of what happened. I don't really care, um, to be honest with you. Because but you're going to watch it. I'm going to make you watch it. It, it, it. You're the only reason I'll end up watching because you're going to insist. But like, honestly, mm-hmm. I don't feel the need. And I don't think anybody just like you should. need to watch Prodigy and we'll get and we're going to talk one, about that one. I'll do willingly. So uh, but but no, seriously, they, they, they made this season as if it was its own show. And as someone who grew up with Next Generation, I appreciate that I didn't have to go watch two seasons of Drac to get to the amazing. That is true. That is true. Um, so what, I, like I was saying, so Jack Crusher has this, this disease. Um, yep. but here's, here's something that's weird about this. So back when the ship had come to take Picard and Beverly and Jack and will away, um, <laughs> these changelings beamed onto the Titan and they found Jack Crusher. And all of a sudden Jack Crusher kind of turned into a different person, so to speak, and just beat the ever loving shit out of these changelings and killed all four of them. Um, that's kind of when they, they went, okay, we need to do some scans on you. Cause that's some weird shit going on. Yeah. 
Um, and he's like, and they they found this. This will become a little bit more um, prevalent when we talk, when we get closer to the end here. But um, so this was going on as well. Um, and we get to where Jack or 709 shows Jack the, I can't remember the, what they called the, the Klingon bird of prey, but it was the one from, um, voyage home from star Trek voyage home. I think that's star Trek four. If I remember correctly, yes, that the, is the voyage. Home. Um, basically they said that they, they fished it out of the bay but they had trouble getting it out of San Francisco Bay because it had decloaked. And Jack went, hmm, okay. So remember I was talking about uh, Jordy's other daughter that was already on the Titan. <laughs> so his daughter and Jack decide to go over to the, the Bird of Prey, steal the cloaking device, bring it back to the Titan. One has to wonder how it took them this long <laughs> to come up with this idea because they could yeah. have done this like, in DS9, and, they could have done it in Voyage. They could have done it in Next yeah. Generation at any time. There's storylines dealing with Federation developing a, a, their own cloaking device. Why not just use this? So, and by the way, I'm surprised when they were walking through Daystream Institute, and we'll get to that in a minute, why the Federation cloaking device that was in Next Generation wasn't in Daystream Institute, because you know damn well, well that's where it would have been. It probably is. We just didn't see it. We didn't, right. It's not like they saw the entire Institute. And here's the thing. like I would have loved if they took that and used that one instead because that was an awesome cloaking device. But anyways. It was. Um, I know exactly so, what you're talking about. So um, what happens is, is they try to cloak the ship and they're, they're not hooking it up right. And basically they... Uh, Jordy, who's about to leave because he doesn't want to be involved in what's going on with Picard, is like, oh, I'm going to kill my daughter. And Picard's like, I'm going to kill my son. Um, <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm just going to help you here. So the Forge basically is finally convinced, all right, I'm just going to I'm going to help you guys. We're going to reconnect the we're going to connect this cloaking device correctly because you guys can't do that, apparently. Um, and they decide, okay, we're going to go back to Daystrom Institute and get Will and Rafi and Worf out of there because, you know, we left them there and we got to get them. So what happens is, is while this is all going on at the, the fleet museum, Rafi, Will and Worf are going through the Daystrom Institute. They see some interesting devices, which we won't talk about. Because I would rather you see that. There are so uh, many Easter eggs. In oh my there. god, there is so, so many things in there that I really eggs. want. That's beautiful. I really want to my like have them favorite, explore. Just to whet your appetites, is the body of James T. Kirk. Hmm. No, I, you know what's even more interesting to me? Hmm. Genesis two. Yeah, that also was wow. I went. I went. Oh. Ooh. Okay. I was just trying um, to unite it, but we both did. Yeah, and and there's yeah. more than those. So, um, all of a sudden they can't, they start hearing this, this music. Um, and professor Moriarty got me with this one, this Raven starts showing up. And then all of a sudden this holographic 
well, a holographic raven shows up, crow, whatever you want to call it. And then, speaking of holograms, Professor Moriarty shows up. They got me on that one. I'm like, oh, it's God, it's you. Yeah, and so they st- he starts shooting at them, and he's just like, he all of a sudden start- says, I can't get this music out of my head. And Will, and by the way, this is a great scene, mind you, Will Riker figures out that it's the song that Data was whistling in the first ep- was it no i think it was episode i want to say it was the episode 2 because episode 1 riker really wasn't in of uh what was it um star trek the next generation um he goes onto the holodeck to find data and data is whistling this oh. this tune and he yeah. he whistles it and moriarty's like marvelous and disappears and the security system goes away for Daystrom and Will's like, Oh, I know what's going on here. And they go into the main room and they find data. Um, but this isn't data. This is, let's just, let's just say it's data 2.0. Um, because, um, what was his, um, it was, and this was from season one again, this is why this is why I'm forcing Laser to watch this. I mean, I already know the the bullet points of Doctor Soon. This is not this is not Doctor Soon, the one that um, created Data, but a different Doctor Soon, um, who actually gave Picard the body, but that was intended for Data, had created another. Um, I might as well just say Golem in in this sense, um, and what he did was is he put Data lore b5 and himself into this android b5 and himself were just memory files but lore and data were basically going at it inside of this data 2.0 so to speak um and why this is all important is data or whatever you want to call him is actually the manifest for the Daystrom Institute. So when the Titan shows back up, they say, "Look, you got to We got to take Data with us because we need this because he's the man. He's the manifest, anyways." So everybody's able to beam on board except Will Riker, who is fighting all these security people that have beamed onto Daystrom Institute to stop them, and one of them shoots a transporter inhibitor at him. So he's not able to transport away. The, the Titan's able to get off, get Worf, Data, and Rafi off the, the, the Institute and warps away. Um, come to find out, Vadic is one of those people that's there. She was just, she was just a security officer and kills. I want to say she killed two other changelings, but I think it might have been Federation. I think it was just Federation agents, yeah. Um, and takes him onto the Shrike. Um, basically, she tries to. She basically brings him onto the Shrike and says, "Listen, you need to tell me how to find these guys." And he's like, "No, I'm not doing that." And then we come to find out, oh, look, there's Troy, who she has kidnapped. Um. And. 
the next episode we basically go to, which I believe is episode, I want to say it's episode eight, seven or eight, seven or eight are basically intertwined with each other. Um, which is, this is another good touch. The Titan goes to, I don't think it's the Chintaka system, but it's the Chintaka great, like, um, um, shipyard, not shipyard, but, um, graveyard, uh, graveyard, basically where all the old ships were that were destroyed or there, I guess. Um, and they, they power down and hide there and they basically, have some epic music. <laughs> uh, that's my uh, text alert ringtone. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, now we have a blooper. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Anyways, so the Titan is basically hiding in this graveyard, and they come to the conclusion: okay, well, we got to have the Shrike come to us. We got to have Vada come to us, and because if we don't we're not going to figure out what the hell is going on here. So they make up this, they make up like this thing of this Vulcan ship found them and disabled them. You know, it's something minor and I I don't even know why they did that, but whatever. Um, Because we all know that Vulcan ships at this point suck and they, they don't do anything good anyways. Alas, Um, Vulcan technology. Vulcan technology. Exactly. So, um, the Shrike comes, they come on board and basically they, they're able to track, to, uh, trap Vatic. And I just want to say, I love that ship's name, the Shrike. That is such a cool name. Yes. And Vatic basically tells them her story of, Hey, I was one of several changelings that somehow got captured, which I would like to know how they captured changelings during the war. Very good question in my opinion. So, and basically what they did is they did experiments on them and the results of these experiments, which was something that I didn't say was they're able to not only look even more like humans on top of that, they're able to have all of their organs and blood. So you're basically looking at a human being that's a changeling. So that's some wild shit. Yeah. Um, but if you kill them and you start dissecting them, they turn into back into goo as laser <laughs> basically implied earlier. <laughs> um, yes, the model so logging basically protoplasm. says that they escaped and um, she took the form of the person that was experimenting on her. That is so screwed up. I love that as a twist. She just hates it so mm. much. She's just like, I'm, I'm using this to, to portray myself. I'm just like, wow. By the way, during these episodes, Vedic a couple times cuts off her hand and communicates with some other thing Mysterious out there. Mysterious entity. I love some of right. your theories actually. Um, and basically the entity says, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to kill you. Um, and somehow is able to affect Vatic, by the way, too, which is another thing that takes points off for me when I give you what my point of view is on this. But 
my God. Like, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself if I reveal who I, it is. I have right answers now, so I'm not on, going to, on but... what I think that is, but I understand where you're coming from. Right. So, um, basically what happens is Vatic is able to actually take control of the ship and escape Picard and Beverly. But one of the good things is Beverly is able to track the changelings now, which is great. Um, and Vatic is able to take control of the ship. And she says to, to Jack over the loudspeaker, Hey, you need, I'm, if you come up to the, the bridge, I'll finally tell you what this is all about. And, you know, there, there's a scene in, in these two episodes where she basically indicates to seven of nine, like, this is very ironic. What's about to happen. And you're kind of looking at her like, what do you mean by that? But it made, um, there was a lot of foreshadowing in there. Yeah. Uh, complain, if you will, about the, you know, the end reveal, which I know you're going to. Yeah. So they what set it is, up really well. So they 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 capture Captain Shaw again and they hurt him again. And I'm like, God, this guy's yeah, a poor, fucking poor dude. Shaw. You, yeah. you, I, I've never gone from hating a guy so much to loving a guy so much. Yeah. And then um, basically Vatic puts kills one of the crew and then when jack comes up on the bridge she just shoves them all into the conference room except for seven of nine and him and while this is all going on they're trying to get data to take control of the body because lore keeps coming back out (laughs) and and lore actually helps them take control to helps the changelings take control of the ship because of course well this beautiful scene of data basically just giving up and lore takes control but in reality by giving up data was able to take control of his body and remove lore from him but you know obviously he's a part of him now and data comes back to life and is able to take the take control of the Titan again. He he opens up the bridge, which is awesome. I'm like, oh and that's, shit! That's where we get on my uh, monologue protoplasms. His data just being like, yeah. get the hell off my shit! I loved it. I loved yeah. it. And um, they're able to get suck out Vatic and the one uh, changing that was with her, and then they're able to to get the other changelings off the ship somehow or kill all the other changelings. And they destroy the the Shrike, and we lead into the last two episodes. And I'm sorry if you guys are listening to this and going, Paul, this is really fucking boring. But I kind of have to give a synopsis and a perfect synopsis of it. Again, there's some things I'm leaving out, but you can watch Picard Season 3 and you'll get everything else. So we come to Episode 9 and 10. Episode 9. They decide, well... During all this, basically, um, Frontier Day is about to begin. Um, they were able, Will and um, Troy were able to come back from the Shrike before they destroyed it, um, because they because Worf went over there and saved them. Probably killed the whole crew too at, while they were at it, but whatever. Um, also. And I'm leaving out this integral part. They come to find out that the other piece that was stolen from Daystrom was Picard's remains. His human, his body is in cryostasis right now. Oh, 
and it was snap i wonder and they find out that they took pieces of his they took pieces of him come to find out troy goes into jack's mind oh this was great there's this red door that keeps showing up into his head and she's like okay well i'm gonna go through the red door and we're gonna find out what it is she opens the door and she's scared as fuck Leaves Jack's mind and goes, I gotta, I, I gotta go. Jack's like, time. Jack's like, what the hell is going on here? Um, come to find out. And this was the part that made me go, Oh God, really? <laughs> the Borg are back. Yeah. I think this bothers me significantly less than you. Cause I had not watched the other two seasons. So I will say this in season one, the Borg really wasn't used in it was more of the Romulans were trying, and again, spoiler alert, red alert, spoiler alert. Um, this was again where um, the Romulans were taking parts off the the Borg ship because this was after Romulus had been destroyed, and they were trying. Oh yeah, to they're, they're, I, I do. I did notice, and I actually like that they're um, using events from the reboot universe, but from the original. Universe. Right. So season one really didn't have the Borg in it. As a bad guy, it was more of them using the Borg ship and other stuff that came with it. It was it was more of like this thing that was there and it was used and then it was used again for something. That was really all it was, Laser. So Yeah. Fair um, so basically what happens is is Jack they Deanna tells Picard and Beverly this and then she's like listen we can't let him go anywhere he has to be locked down we have to whatever by the way Jack is able to take control of people not the older people but the younger people and we're about to get to why that happens in a few minutes here but basically Jack says to Picard no you're not going to keep me here takes control of the two security officers goes to a shuttle and leaves. He's able to figure out where the Borg are. Um, come to find out that's Jupiter later, but we'll get to that in just a second. Um, so what happens is, is Picard is like, look, we got to go to, we got to go to earth where uh, frontier day is happening and tell everybody and warn them that the Borg are back. That's what they do. Meanwhile, the ship is getting taken over because, you know, this brilliant of idea of interconnecting the ships and doing fleet maneuvers is the greatest idea of ever until it backfires. Because no one could have seen that one coming. Which except for Jordan LaForge, he totally saw that right. one coming. But which they is ignored him. which he was complaining. He was complaining about that, but they ignored him. Um what happens is which is interesting is like I said, Jack finds the Borg. He beams onto the Borg cube and finds the Borg queen and he tries to kill her. Mean by the way, the Borg queen is so disfigured and I love that. She got destroyed from uh, Voyager. I love that. So yeah. Much. That is and such a great is, attention to detail. And she is like, this is not the Borg queen you're, you're, you're accustomed to. But because of 
what's going on with Jack. And this is the, this is what's really going on and what really killed Picard. Basically the Borg technology that Picard had in him still, whether it be the nanoprobes or whatever it was, was causing the syndrome or maybe it wasn't the syndrome at all. And it killed him. So, what happened? It's implied with, the aromatic syndrome, which is apparently a completely real thing, that was a misdiagnosis because the Borg screwed with his DNA. That's that right. was what was being implied there. So it was so, not aromatic syndrome at all, but it appeared like right. It. So as a result of screwing with his DNA, it screwed with Jack D- Jack's DNA, and he had this genetic code that he was no no he he was actually turned into a locutus in a sense, but wow. instead of him being locutus, he was this like His transmitter. Box. Instead was, of being the speaker, he is yeah. the voice as they said. So Correct. they call him Vox. And he tries to kill the Borg queen, but because she, he has this Borg DNA in him, she's able to control him and she assimilates him, which all of a sudden starts up this huge transmitter in this cube and they start broadcasting to these Federation ships, which causes the young crew members of every ship to turn into Borg. And I love that this was foreshadowed. And the reason that this happened was because the transporters were, were fucked up by the changelings who put this, who put Picard's DNA into the transporters, which resulted in the young members of the crew being assimilated because and of the transmitter. Jack's been having visions the whole season of these red vines, right. which we later learn is, is the Borg. And he and sees, yeah, he sees at one point the uh, transporter showing yeah. people with those vines all over them and they transport in. They set this up, man. I love yeah. it. And, and what I was trying to say was this was why Jack was able to command or I shouldn't say command, take over people because That's... they had the Borg DNA in them. Yep, it now, was already there. And it was also explained that the reason they couldn't take over the older crew members was because the older crew members, their mind, their their frontal lobes, after 25, you can't do anything with them. And that's why they were able to take control was... of the younger ones because they hadn't developed... They haven't they haven't come to that development yet. Right. It's also a beautiful um which Trek does this. It's it's a beautiful uh analogy for indoctrination. Yeah. So basically what happens the kids with the Borg. So basically what happens is is the fleet's taken over by the Borg and they destroy um the orbital platforms, which we don't see, but they said that they destroyed them. And they start destroying space, this the space dock that they have now, which apparently controls this huge shield that shields Earth, which is like, okay, this is awesome. Um, also, just before they arrive at Frontier Day, a new Enterprise is revealed. The Enterprise F. That beautiful is ship. The Star Trek Online Enterprise F. Yes. Uh, and, and it's, it's not a beautiful new ship. ship. It's, it's, it's actually an old ship that they're... Uh... That's been around as, as, as the way it's been. But we haven't seen it in anything Trek right. before. So, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched. I haven't played online Star Trek Neither online. I, but I, that's that's where that's from. But if that was a ship that was just christened the Enterprise. OK, fine. That's that's fine. Um, 
basically so and it's oh god what is her name um shelby shelby from uh, best of both worlds which is great yes and so i love how they made the comment man the fact that she is behind this thing that's so borg like yeah so shelby shows up and she's an admiral now and she's commanding the enterprise f and you know picard tries to warn her and then she ends up dying because the young crew members kill her um so you got all this going on and then you know these these young crew members are trying to take over the 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 titan so the old you know the the next generation crew gets down to the maintenance deck so they can get off the ship and try to find something else the forge is like i have an idea let's get to the shuttle and i'll take you there um but in this firefight seven and Rafi stay behind with Captain Shaw to get these guys on the ship so they can go and do what they need to do. And in the process, Captain Shaw is killed. And just before oh. he dies, he's, he tells Seven of Nine, this is your ship now. Beautiful. Um, so the Forge, they, they get in, the, the, the next generation crew gets into this shuttle. They, they go to warp. And they come to the fleet museum and Picard's like, why are we back here? And Will's like, Oh, so we're going to use one of these old ships. And the forge is like, well, not quite. I was trying to save this for a special occasion, but I guess this is the best time to use it. They go into hangar bay 12, which his daughter had kind of indicated that there was something in hangar bay 12, um, earlier in earlier in this season, and they open up the, the doors, and there is the Enterprise D. Beautiful. The Enterprise Absolutely D beautiful. is pretty much back to what it was with, you know, like I think Jordy said that the there was something with one of the nacelles that was still yeah, not he'd been, fixed. He had been restored. Well, no, it's not that it hadn't been fixed. He, he explained how he had replaced the nacelles with nacelles from other ships. So, so the, so the, basically what had happened was, is they took the saucer section that had crashed on the planet in next generations, the movie, um, Star Trek generations, Star Trek generations, not next generation. Wow. I'm getting tired. And, (laughs) and they, they, because of the prime directive, they had to take that away. So Jordy brought it back to the museum and I guess either, I'm guessing something happened to the USS Syracuse, which was another um, galaxy class ship. Um, the The battle section of it was given to make the Enterprise whole, and Jordy was pretty much almost a hundred percent able to bring the Enterprise D back to life. Um, but it, it it basically was, I would say, it was probably at ninety ninety five percent complete at that point. Um, they go onto the bridge and the bridge looks exactly the same as what it was in the series. Um, mean, by the way, while they're on their way into the enterprise D he says, he gives the line, Oh, we obviously can't use the enterprise E and they all look at Worf and Worf's like, like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's like, what's so, not your fault Worf? right? So what's not your fault. So that indicates that in the novels, Worf was the captain of the Enterprise E at one point. Um, somehow he did something to the Enterprise E. I don't think it was destroyed because I don't think they would have said, 
and we obviously can't use the enterprise D if it was, or enterprise E if it was because, you know, it could be in one of those other hangar bays and it's just getting repaired. I think that's probably what's going on, honestly, but what do I, my assumption is that it got lost, like pulled into a nebula or some shit. It could be, it could be not destroyed, but inaccessible would be my guess. I think I, it, I think something happened to it where it's still under repair and they basically decide, well, you know what? We're just going to go with another enterprise at this point. Um, so then they get in the enterprise and they power it back up. <laughs> the computer says, you know, it's the, the, the enterprise is under the control of oh, captain Picard. Love, and he's I like, love... I'll take the field to motion. I love hearing Mitchell Barrett as the computer again. Oh, that was so nice. So, and you know, they load torpedoes into the, into the ship. They go to warp and they go to sector zero zero one where this is all going on. And, uh, they find the Borg, like I indicated a little bit earlier in Jupiter, um, hidden in one of the, the gas giants in Jupiter, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and episode 10 was one of those frustrating things for me because there were some things in there that, as I'll tell you in a few minutes, that annoyed me. Um, but basically, the Enterprise, they they come to the Borg ship, and it looks like the Borg ship actually comes out of Jupiter. It's hanging uh, out in the spot. <laughs> no, it was hanging out in a spot, but then it also it looks like, as the episode goes on, it comes farther out. I, could, um, I guess it could be. I, I didn't see so, it that way, but I, I'm not going to say it didn't. So basically what happens is they Picard, Will, and Worf beam over to the Borg Cube, and they're basically going over there to save Jack and to figure out how to disable this oversized Borg Cube because it's. I think it's actually way bigger than what a normal Borg Cube would be. Plus... On top of that, you know, the transmitter's literally inside of it. Yeah. Uh, what they find is, is they find these Borg that are decaying. And basically what's what's going on is these Borg are being cannibalized by the queen because she's using them to sustain her life. Um, so while this is all going on, um, seven of nine Rafi and the older members of the crew are able to take control of the Titan again and basically try to stop the fleet as best as they can from, you know, destroying space dock because if they destroy space dock or disable it, they're out of luck. Earth is out of luck because the shield will go down. Yeah. Um, so they decloak, cloak, try to disable them as much as they can. And eventually they get disabled and space dock eventually falls. It doesn't, it, it kind of like starts to fall out of orbit, but I just assume that it, you know, it just like the other ship earlier, it just isn't stabilized because, you know, it got disabled by all these ships. So back to the Borg ship, Picard says to Worf and Riker, well, we got to part ways. I'm going to go save my son. You need to figure out how we can destroy this ship. 
And basically, they part ways. Worf is like, I'm a Klingon. I don't talk about um, goodbye. You don't say, or say defeat or farewell. Exactly. So um, they go off. Will and Worf eventually basically fight two Borg who are protecting the central nexus and they, they stop them and are able to upload the information to the enterprise D and Picard goes down into the chamber where, um, Jack is now a Borg and is basically commanding the fleet. And, you know, Picard's trying to break Jack out of it. And then the queen chimes in with her evil laugh and, Classic board queen doesn't, in my opinion, explain good enough how her and the changelings hooked up, and it definitely is uh, left to you know, it's left to your interpretation. interpretation. I like that, but I because uh, I think it's more interesting. But I get why you'd want more. Right. I don't think so, it, it's not, it, it's pretty obviously you know it's enemy of my enemy sort of a thing. Well, right, but they I, I'll get into it in my review. But basically, she tells. Picard, you know, her and the Changelings had, you know, the same thing in mind. They hate the Federation, so this is why they joined forces. Um, she also talks about how she doesn't really say it, but um, basically she had to, like, slowly but surely the, the voices of the Borg stopped talking to her, and she had to assimilate herself all of the Borg to somehow get to earth and, you know, connect with Jack and seek out this revenge against the Federation. And she said that the Borg were evolving. We're going to assimilate people, but we're going to evolve into this. We're not going to assimilate you anymore. We're going to just going to exterminate you. We've turned into Daleks. Yeah, basically. So, um, Picard's like, okay, well, I'm not going to let you do this, so, and I'm not going to let you take my son. So what he does is he takes one of the tubes and plugs himself into the Borg Collective, what's left of it, and convinces Jack, well, in a beautiful scene, I would say. Oh, very heartful. Oh, warming. I love that. Convinces Jack, like, you're the reason, you're giving me a reason to finally settle down because I went to the vineyard to basically wait to die because I had nothing to live for. You're something for me to live for. You're something, you're the reason why I'm living now. And you know, that broke Jack out of, out of, I don't want to say trance. I want to say like the collective and he was able on him for sure. Right. And he was able to disconnect himself from the collective. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, the Enterprise D data is like, oh, I have this gut feeling I can get us into the <laughs> board ship. Why am I sensing enjoyment? Yes, and there's this wonderful scene of the Enterprise D just flying inside this board cube, doing some things that we've never seen the Enterprise D do. Mind you, I know some people have bitched about it online, but I'm sitting here going, guys the enterprise D would have been able to do this. They just didn't see that because guess what? There were thousands. Of, there was a thousand people on board. So they're not going to go play joyride. If there's a thousand people on board. 
Well, um, also the scale of what they were dealing with would have allowed. Also, to before that. this scene, we do we do see the the Enterprise D taking out some turrets from the uh, and they actually use the word turrets, mind you, um, from the Borg ship on the outside. And Beverly Crusher's the one destroying them, and they're looking at her like, "When did you learn how to do this?" And she's like, "I've been through a lot these last twenty years." Yeah. Um, so they go into the Borg cube and they find the transmitter. But they figure out that the, if they destroy the transmitter, then it's going to kill everybody inside and because whatever. Of course. So Jordy's like, we have to do this. So they destroy the transmitter. They start to leave the cube. And as the cube is blowing up, William Will Riker basically says destroy, you know, and she can hear him telepathically. Hey, you know. This is goodbye, we'll see- everybody. We'll, we'll good, goodbye. We'll see me and your son. We'll see you when you cross over. And she's like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. Oh, by the way, I think I know where they are. Yeah. They do this. Able to sense him. Like he they wasn't reaching out to her. It wasn't the force. It's just, he was saying goodbye to yeah. her and she could hear him because you know, there's that bond between them. And then they do this thing where they Tokyo drift into this spot of where, and it's a beautiful thing of seeing the underside of the, the enterprise D they find him, they sit there for a minute, and then they start to move off and they beam up the they beam up Will, Worf, Picard, and uh, Jack. Thankfully they didn't kill off Picard because I was gonna get pissed if they did that. We both thought they were going to. We both Oh, I had a feeling to, they were going to. But they didn't, and I'm I am glad they didn't. And they leave the cube, and the the cube uh, blows up, and then all the, the younger members that were Borg came uh, changed back to being normal and it was in the nick of time because the ships were about to destroy every major city on earth so that um pretty much ends the borg and stops them from ever coming back thank god oh by the way the borg queen is is done by um and i can't think of her name off the top of my head but the the original borg queen from the movie in um yeah she does the first contact it's not her physical body but it is her voice and um yeah it that was great and you know there's this beautiful scene of the enterprise d next to the titan which was i thought was cool um and they basically just go into what's happening what's happening now with Everybody like a a return of the king levels of, uh, Hey, here's another ending. Hey, here's another ending. Hey, here's another ending. So, um, seven of nine becomes a captain because Shaw basically sent a review to Starfleet and said that she, when they came back, she should be promoted to captain because she was a really good officer, which made her cry because she was going to stop being in Starfleet. And, it's great because this scene it happens with Tuvok, uh, Captain Tuvok oh, now. So and good to see the him. last the last words that he said to her was, um, "Resignation desi- resignation denied, Captain," which was great. Oh, um, and basically, what happens is is they go through a year. La- basically, they go through. Crusher becomes an admiral. She be uh, for um, Starfleet Medical. She comes up with ways. She comes up with a way to get rid of the Borg stuff out of all these young people's systems, and to detect all the changelings. 
And I think all the changelings basically got out of not being like killed or whatever, because they were, they told them where they could find the actual officers that they didn't kill um, because they were using them for information. And then um, we fast forward to a year later, um, the enterprise D is put on the um, fleet museum. It's now on display and it's interesting because I was thinking about this laser and I'm like, I wonder if they kept the Enterprise D around for a year just to kind of, because they were still, because you got to keep in mind, some of these ships are probably oh, in yeah. disarray. Well, disarray also, yeah. maybe the whole linked up thing was not a great idea. So maybe we, we yeah. should have some ships that aren't. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that they probably kept the Enterprise D around just to kind of whatever, or it's, that's what I was thinking. So, I think you may, that makes plenty of sense to me. So they they shut down the Enterprise, they leave, um, and then they go to Data, basically being counseled by Troy, and that's <laughs> funny. I'm not going to go into that, but that's hilarious. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, and then the best. There's two other things that happen that are very important. And then I'll be done giving you a synopsis of this and you'll probably be like, thank God, Paul, stop. Um, basically what happens is Jack is made an ensign and he's like, Oh, nepotism. I, 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 I became an ensign already and I'm already on my own ship because, you know, because of you, because of you two. And Picard's like, no, it's not nepotism. You did this on yeah, your own. Names mean almost nothing. So I, I, th I think they thought that I, Picard thought he was going with Crusher and their son because, you know, he thought that they were going to the Titan because this was his first, uh, this was his first mission. Come to find out it's their shakedown. And they're and Beverly smiles and says, Oh no, no, this isn't the Titan anymore. They're like, we know you like pop and circumstance and blah, all this other stuff. And they come up and now the Titan has been rechristened as the enterprise G. Yep. yep. Which is another was, problem, which well, is another problem I have, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. I think your problem, if I, if I'm reading you right, I think the problem there is you didn't understand what the F is supposed to have been around. Right. So what, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. So, um, the, you know, so they go on the ship, um, they do this other scene where they play poker. So it's, it ends just like all good things does the whole crew does. And that was, that was great. Oh, I love that. Um, and then, well, and then there's a scene where Jack goes on the bridge and he's like, Oh, we need to go here. And in seven of nine's like, Captain Seven of Nines like, no, you're not doing that. Don't listen to him. And I never do. LaForge's <laughs> LaForge's daughter is like, yeah, I never do. And um, Rafi is her for uh, her number one. And this is like I said, it's a shakedown cruise for the new Enterprise. And basically, she's like, Rafi says to her, so what's your first words going to be? And then they just leave it at that. Before she says any, before seven of nine, she says starts anything. to say something. They cut immediately, like, "Oh, you right," te which you is tease. which is hilarious. I love you it. Teases, and then we have a post-credit scene, oh. and I I called this shit, laser. I did I not call this you shit? You did, you did. And I'm I like, did call this mm -hmm. shit. So, 
So Jack is in his quarters, taking everything out of his bag. All of a sudden, he pulls the he pulls a, the phaser out of his bag, and you hear. Well, all of a sudden, you hear somebody start talking. He pulls a phaser out of his bag, points it at him, and there's fucking Q. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I knew I, I knew that motherfucker wasn't gone. <laughs> I knew that they said that. I I had heard that they had quote unquote killed him. That's Q. You don't kill Q. No. You don't kill. So Q. basically, Q said he. Jack's like, wait a minute. Are you Aren't dead? you dead? Don't and he's think like, so linearly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't think so linearly. And then he's like, and then he's like, he's like, so what are what are you trying to do? Like, what are you trying to do to my father this time? He's like, oh no no, I'm not here for your father. I'm here for you. Done. This dun, is dun. this is your journey, and I'm here, you know, to to basically pester you now. And I'm just like, oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, his his uniform. Um, his uniform is whatever he has on is awesome, by the way. So, and that's it for Picard season three. So, first of all, sorry about the whole synopsis, but I wanted to go through that before we did this. Yeah, you, uh, um, you, 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 uh, you, you could have watched like three episodes in that time frame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I'm sure I missed something. I'm sure I didn't tell you everything, but. You um, have a good, a good synopsis. I you I would argue maybe we gave a little too much information, but now it's it's fine. I think you. I mean, we've done this on the podcast before. We have. It's been terrible, so you just get the terrible again. So there you go. Um, so the real reason we wanted to do this on the podcast was to kind of review it. Um, I'm gonna obviously let Laser goes first because I like to be last, anyways. Oh. Um, but um, you know. I got to say the at least the first nine episodes were good. And episode 10 was good too. It's just some of the things in episode 10, which I'll talk about in a minute, just were absolutely like, like you could have taken five minutes to do this. Um, and then obviously there's some other things, but I'll get into that in just a minute. But laser, I give you the floor. You haven't really, you've talked, you've, you've interjected I've, a couple of times. I've interjected times. where I can, but yeah, I've been letting you run that. <laughs> so it, the floor is yours. Tell us what you think, what your score is. Go, well, please. I'm an old Trek nerd. I grew up in Next Generation. I was in grade school. So it's really nice to see the cast come together again. Nemesis left us with a crappy finale for Next Gen. I always hope they get the undiscovered tr- uh, country treatment. And I feel like that's exactly what we just got. We got the perfect send off. Everyone's together again. Uh, we we've brought data back for real this time. Mm. Um, we've uh, we uh, we've also closed the plot thread uh, from generations where Picard's like, I've got no family. My my uh, my uncle, my my brother, and my nephew are dead. I've got no no legacy. No, he does have a legacy, and he's an awesome character. And I want to take a moment. I could go gush. For hours about how they nailed these the next generation characters, which should be basic, but in this day and age, revival shows tend to miss this, and they didn't. So exactly. all the props for them actually nailing it. But I want to take a moment to say, all these new characters were amazing. I really enjoyed Rafi. She was an interesting undercover agent lady, and I know she's from previous seasons, which I don't know anything about, but I didn't have to. Um. Because because you haven't seen season one, I, I do have to indicate this to you. 
Rafi is actually uh, Picard's number one after Riker. Interesting. Yeah. But um, you have know, but see this is why you have to watch season one and you're going to No, I don't want to actually I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna poke you until you do it. Uh, you're gonna be poking me an awful long time. But here's the thing. Yes. I didn't need to know that. And all I needed to know was what it gave me. And I loved her anyway. She was amazing. Um mm-hmm. I loved both of LaForge's kids. They're amazing, capable. I love that there is some family drama in there. Um, I loved all of these characters. Uh, Captain Shaw, give that man a gold star for best new Trek character in decades of Trek. Oh my God, Captain Shaw. Give me Captain Shaw spinoff. I know he's dead. I don't care. That man is awesome. What a boss. Oh my God. Uh, I, his death brought me to tears. And I, if you told me that when I first met him, I would have laughed at you. But they spent the time necessary to build this character from this guy's a piece of shit to oh my god no he's not a piece of shit this dude's a freaking awesome guy who's doing everything he can and there's little hints early on that he does care about seven of nine quite a bit he's hard on her he um and he's toxic towards her using her or the name she doesn't want to go by because because he's got his own trauma from you know well three five nine understandable shitty that he's doing that but it's understandable um and you see this confidence he has in her to do her job the whole time he's just kind of right being a hard ass god that's a great character we had a great setup um with the whole thing with the changelings and the borg one of the things that caught me early on and before i knew it was ever the borg whoever was working with the changelings it was an alliance, but not really, because uh, um, the changelings didn't do what they wanted. They were threatening them. And um, we had to sever the changelings' hand to get the face to show up. That means all of those changelings have Borb nanoprobes in them, which is why the, they were able to be threatened. That means, and this is all implicit, but it's it fits with what's going on. This was less... Hey, we both hate the Federation more. Yeah, we don't like the Federation either. Yeah, and neither do I. Now you're going to do what I tell you to. I like that because that's the Borg being the classic Borg. Making people do their shit for them. Beautiful. Um, oh, God. The whole the whole plot of it's the changelings, by the way. Oh, my God. You didn't know who you could trust? There was an earlier showing of Tuvok, and they even trolled us with the Voyager theme. It's like, ah, we got an ally. We got it. Oh, shit. He's a changeling. God damn it. They had me. You remember? You might remember this. They had me thinking Troy was a changeling for a little bit, and I was all like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Of course, she wasn't, and I'm, I'm glad for that, but that's the great writing of the season. From start to finish, strong showing beautiful storylines great character developments um excellent use of legacy content fan service where it was necessary and i've seen the complaint that the show is 150 percent fan service and yes yes it is but that's not always a bad thing and trek has kind of not done any major fan service in a long time i'm okay with this as long as it's good 
And that's the key. You could do fanzers and make it work. And that that's what they did. Now, not everything's going to. And Strange New Worlds is much less fanservice-y and also amazing. Um, and so it's not like you have to do that to make it work. But if you do it and you make it work, people are going to love it. And I certainly did. Um, give me the, that Enterprise G spinoff show right now directly into my veins star trek legacy let's get it yeah and so what What do you give this what do you give I, out of 10 out of 10 i'm gonna give it a nine because there are some downsides so what are your downsides because i, I want to know because we yeah, really have very positive and i'm glowing and i'm beaming because yeah. it is that good but there are some downsides we mentioned valeris i know nothing of her you want to convince Laris. Me her name is Laris. I'm Laris. Sorry. Why am I calling her Valeris? I'm, I'm, that's the character from Star Trek Six. I'm dumb. Um, I don't know anything about her. She was here and then gone and then not really developed on. You need to watch season one. That's okay. She is your best argument for season. Thank one. you. She is Thank your you. best argument for me watching season one. I don't know if I'm actually going to do it, but that that is the best argument. How about um, this? I'll hold your hand and we'll, we'll watch it together. Okay, Dad. Um, <laughs> uh, but honestly, yeah, that that's probably my biggest downer is that there are also. Well, I hope major. that doesn't take. I hope that doesn't take a whole point off for that. No, 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 no. That is okay. the everything else is going to be nitpicks. That is the biggest chunk but there are other nitpicks mm. um the uh also also my my standard for a 10 is pretty high um i almost never give anything a 10 i was tempted to give this a 9.5 but there are some pacing issues here and there um there there's definitely padding in certain episodes they probably could have gotten away with nine maybe eight episodes and uh been a more cohesive quick run through it, it not you wouldn't want to take out any major plot points there's a lot of we're sitting here and we're not really going anywhere with the plot and we're not really going anywhere with the characters but we're you know we're talking there's little moments that really annoyed me like picard and um dr crusher beverly deciding you know what yeah if we if we need to to, to genocide these people we'll do it and i'm like that's not Picard and Gorgon Crusher. You you lost me. Now it was, uh, only, a, it was only a small moment. So well, that, so not, for I didn't really explain that moment, but there was a moment they where had, uh, where they had Vatic trapped, mm-hmm. and they they were like, okay, well, if she's gonna be that way, we're just gonna kill her. And just before they they look like they're about to do it, the. Uh, Lore takes Lore over the does ship. This thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then she's able to escape. So, I mean that that part. I mean, they're human, though. That's I get that they're human, but these are characters and that's that their are, kid. That's I get their it. kid. I get it, but these are characters that are incredibly well defined and who tend right. to stand on ethics. But you, and but you so, also, you also have to keep in you mind, have to laser. I'm not. I, this is not. I told you, I'm in nitpicks now. Well, right, right, but you have to understand when it comes to that, though. If you're not a parent, you don't understand that scene. And being a parent, when you see that, you're like, I get it. I would kill, I would murder everybody that fucking wants to kill my kid. I don't care. <laughs> right. 
But go on, go on. Sorry, and, and, I'm, no, I'm just talking about the way these characters have previously been portrayed. There's a little bit of a right. mismatch there. While I personally really enjoyed Riker and Picard chewing each other's heads off, I thought it was interesting. That also felt very out of character a little bit. They have never really ever done that. Now, you could easily say, oh, there, there's been some, you know, previous drama or something. Eh, but they didn't do that. Like, I'm not, I love the scene. I, I thought it was great. Like, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. But there's no setup. It's like, we're buddy cops together. Yeah, buddy captains. To, you killed us all. And it just, there's no transition there. They they do a little bit. They give a little bit with Riker's trauma from losing his son. So there's a yeah. little bit of setup. It's not horrible. None of these, at this point, none of these things are horrible. They're just death by a thousand cuts at this point. A little thing here, a little thing here. But again, I'm only taking it down to, a, I'm still giving it a nine. This is amazing. Also, I thought of a positive, another positive. Finally, closure on the lore storyline. That has been hanging. I wanted lore in one of the TNG movies. I was so, so mad that the last time we saw lore was was when he teamed up with the Borg and brainwashed Data at the end of season six. If you watch season one, you would have seen he was around. Shut up. Kind of. Um. Regardless, it's closest off the storyline of lore, so I don't even need that. Yeah. So there. Um. We're still gonna watch it together because you have no choice in the matter. Oh, I have plenty of choices. I have plenty of things I can do. Um, but the other thing I would say is, oh, God. Now I'm going to sound like an obsessed fanboy, but they destroyed the Excelsior, and I'm mad about it. Yeah, but, you know, they didn't even really show what the Excelsior looks like now because it's obviously. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, we're talking about a ship that goes from the original series era all the way into TNG, all the way into to, to DS9, Voyager. And, oh, we're just going to blow it up. I'm like, no, the Excelsior is cool. Uh, and again, nitpicks. Nitpicks here. None of these are big. Um, uh, otherwise, mm, I, at that, after all of that, I, I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So I'm giving this an 8.5 out of 10. Now... Here's here's the reason for that. So in episode 10, which to me has issues, um one of the, the, the biggest issue which takes a point off for me automatically, um I understand that they were and I and I've read this online, I've seen the I've heard I've read the interviews and all that that Paramount wanted these episodes to be one, one hour. Now, I, I don't think you can say that when the first episode of Picard season three was, I think, an hour and a half almost. So it's like, okay, well, I guess you're not keeping it to an hour, but all right. Um, but I wish they would have taken five extra minutes. One a couple minutes up to five minutes extra just to kind of explain how the changelings and the Borg connected in a better way. And also how the Borg queen got from, from the Delta quadrant all the way to the alpha quadrant in Jupiter's atmosphere being that fucking Janeway 
destroyed her I mean, with that with years. that neurotoxin. It has, but if you're like basically being like a queen and you know what's the word I'm trying to to use um um I can't think of the word that I'm trying to use but basically use the other borg to sustain yourself like you know like I I want to know I I want a little bit more backstory you don't have to give me a whole novel about it I'm just asking for a couple minutes. Yeah, like I, I certainly I, could see that being and a you and something I, they could do. And I don't know, like, and I don't understand, like, how did you find the changelings? The changelings didn't just stumble on you. You you found them. You figured out how to contact them. You, you know, gave them. I'm assuming you gave them the ability to do the things that they're doing. So it's like, well, other than obviously doing, they could do it because they are experimented on. Well, right. But I'm, I'm talking about like, give, she probably the, the warship that they had somehow they were able to get that. They were probably helped by her on that. Um, and then, you know, more importantly, like I was indicating earlier in this episode was how does she can, how does she control the changelings? Because, you see when she's communicating with Vatic, she has some kind of control over her. She's, so how does she do that? The, uh, that one seemed pretty obvious to me. They, they, they're using the, the Borg nano cells, but not fully. They, they must be. They that, must that's be the only explanation that makes any sense. Yeah. So that, that to me, again, is like, I, could I want see, some more explanation. I could see a little bit more explanation there being And being also, and, and in that too which bothers me a little bit. And don't get me wrong. I love the enterprise D and I loved seeing what the enterprise D did in this episode. It, for a ship that's been, you know, hasn't been used in over 20 years. You're like, you're sitting here going, okay, I, I get it has, it still has weapons, but it shouldn't be doing this much damage to a Borg cube. I, I get that, you know, the Borg, I get that the Borg are basically a shell of what they used to be, but it, you know, you're assuming that this Borg cube is, is, has got like the last of everything on it. So, yeah, if the you know Borg what I mean? Cube could have survived a direct assault from anything. It would have had to been this sneaky about how they uh, took over. But think about it this way. Think about it this way. If one of those ships that was in that fleet attacked that Borg cube, yeah, I could understand. Even, even I'll, I'll give you this. Even if they, instead of taking the Enterprise D, took over Voyager instead, had the board, had the 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 armor, which hopefully they I mean, left on there. I think you're there. underestimating how strong a Galaxy class starship is. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not saying that a Galaxy class starship isn't strong, but if you remember in TNG. And even in, um, even in first contact, the Federation, while they're while they have good ships, they're they're really no match for those kinds of ships. Were no match for Borg Cube. Now the Enterprise E was because the Enterprise E had technology that was directly um, put on it to stop a Borg attack. Right, um, but do you so, remember Jordy's been refurbishing this thing so he probably put better stuff on it 
I don't think so because if if you're if you're saying that you're putting better stuff on it, why are you putting better stuff on it when this is supposed to be displayed on the museum? I wouldn't do that. Um, because I actually do have an answer for you. Okay. And this is gonna this is because it's cheaper than trying to buy the old stuff, and it, it's been old. The old stuff's old enough. It's gonna be you have to find it. And well, I, I have a counter market. to that though. Yeah. I, I have a counter to that though. Then if that's the case, why wouldn't you turn it into what we actually saw in the fleet and we've seen and we saw in season two as well, the Neo Galaxy class starships. Well, I mean you're oh. that's hey, 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 if you want an answer, you gotta <laughs> give me more than two seconds to cut me off, mister, you jerk. Uh, you I love actually, me. Shut up. Nah, sometimes, uh, the the I actually do have an answer to that, and that's simply you're trying to restore it to the best of your ability. But there are certain things that you're going to be cheaper to get that way. That doesn't mean you're going to do everything that way. You're trying no, to be I, as I, close I, to the original as you can. That's the answer to that, right? I, uh, I understand and that's what, what you do, that's what you do when you're refurbishing old like warships too. And I, and I understand, I, I would assume that those torpedoes are probably the same torpedoes on the, the other ships that are brand new. Um, so I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but I'm also trying to say that this Borg cube should have been a lot more powerful than it was. And well, just for dramatic purposes, I absolutely agree. With right. That. And, and, and again, that's another thing that you could have in that five minutes could have explained and I would have been fine. You don't have to give me a novel. You don't have to sit there and go, you know, oh, we're going to spend another hour episode on explaining this. No, 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 no. I just need I just need like five minutes. That's it. That's it. Right. And And it would have been and this would have been would have been part of my nitpicks of thousand deaths. But I I see what you're saying. And I'm going to be honest with you. I would have given this a nine point five out of ten. If they would have done that, I would have given it a nine point five. I'm I'm not I'm being deadly serious with you right now. Definitely serious with you. I can't even speak right now. I'm so tired. (laughs) But I'm telling you, I would have given this a 9.5 if they did that. Now, I'm going to nitpick two, (laughs) which is the other half of this, is the 0.5. And it's it's many things together. Um, So let's talk about first Laris. So Laris is a big part of, of season two. Uh, in a different way, because she's a different character in a, in in the storyline, but Picard comes back to her, and is like comes and she's not Laris, it's it's a it's her ancestor or whatever. Um, but the the point I'm trying to get to, I'm sorry. Um, is that he he gets an appreciation for Laris and is like, you know what? I'm not going to be scared about having a relationship with you. I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. And that's, that's implied at the end of Picard season two. Um, so you, you use her in episode one and just like you, this is, this is it's the exact same thing. You don't use her after that. You don't use her in the end. Picard doesn't go to that planet and drink whatever with her. He doesn't even introduce you her to even, his son. You could legit even get away with a throwaway line during that bar scene. Well, yeah. I can't stay too later, Laris. I'm going to get mad at me or something. Exactly. Literally, Dude. you could do that, and that would at least address it. And 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 what, what annoys me even more is, is Terry McGinnis on, 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 on Twitter is like, 
Oh, you mean Terry? Well, Metallus? it's it's Terry Metallus. Terry McGinnis would be tired. Batman Beyond, my friend. And yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. No, McGinnis. McGinnis is 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 on there. Um, yeah, I am tired. Wow, I'm pronouncing things the wrong way. Oh my god. Uh, it's it's been a night for you, I can tell. Yes. So, um, like I was saying, but he Terry said on Twitter. Terry Metallus said on Twitter um, that they left it for interpretation. They also left it for interpretation that Beverly was going to be together with him or it could have just been, you know, it's so just it's up a, to the fans uh, own. Right. I actually right. do kind of like that. That's, I under, that's actually I, I, a fair choice. I, I, I get that. But at the same time, I'm like, if that was what you wanted to do all along, then you shouldn't have applied applied at the end of season two that they were going to be together. Well, to be fair to him, he wasn't in charge of seasons one and two. That's true. And I will also give him credit for this. Um, you know, I get that he was trying to do, he was trying to do many things with a very small budget. So, I don't hate it on that much for, no, and for you're all these being nip- more negative, but I, I, I think it probably fair to say, would you agree with the positives I said at my review? Oh no, I would agree. Um, but I'm not done with my negatives. Yet. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't say you done. were, this is for the benefit of the audience listening to us. that doesn't know that you love the show as much as I did for the most part. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going on the record. I love episode one through nine. Episode 10 is just okay for me because it was missing things that it should have had in it. Um, so my, my, my second thing, which is also a big thing to me and why I'm lumping it in this half, Janeway was name dropped about oh, three to five so times. So many times. So Admiral many times. Janeway, Admiral Janeway, Admiral Oh my Janeway. God. I, I literally looked at the screen and went, where the fuck is Admiral Janeway? Yeah, and, this one I, uh, is definitely out of Metallus' hands, but yes, I right. would agree why didn't they show her at least so you once? can you can definitely tell that he wanted her there but come to find out it was the producers of the of season three that said no this is not avengers you can't have everybody you want so i'm giving them a pass on this but it's included in my half point off no i'm i i I, I'd include that in my many nitpicks that take my whole yeah. point off uh, i just so, didn't think of it but you're right you're absolutely so, right and and here's here's something that I here's something that I do appreciate too. By the way, they recorded this during COVID. I don't know if it was the tail end of COVID or it was right in the middle, but for them to end up doing that is is pretty awesome to to have this come out of that. I gotta I gotta I gotta give Terry all the the praise in the world for that. Um, and then my third nitpick. Why do you introduce a new Enterprise <laughs> to just make the Titan the Enterprise? Now, before you say anything, I don't know anything about Star Trek Online. Yep. I don't. I, I understand that. I know for almost nothing as well, but I know so, enough. So the Enterprise F, if they had said that the Enterprise F had been around for a while... This is this is the caveat. If Enterprise F had been around for a while, I would have been fine with it. And However, that's definitely what I was 
in, they were intending. Okay, to go, go ahead. And we'll... Because from the, the the Star Trek Online fans are actually really pissed off because the F has been decommissioned and that's their enterprise. Right. Um, but it's been around since 2010. But here's here's the thing. And here's here's where this was an error on Terry's part on Terry's um, part, and I and it, it could be the writers. It couldn't just it, it probably wasn't him. It was probably all the writers at, the, at this point. When they open up Space Dock, they say the maiden voyage of the Enterprise F. I don't remember them saying that. Oh yeah, they did. They did. It was it was um um the christening or the, the maiden voyage, something like that to where they said this was the, the first, this was the first time that you saw the enterprise F basically. Well, I mean, it's the first time we've seen it in any media for sure. I I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to relook at that episode myself. I'm going to have to relook at it, but that I'm pretty sure that's what, what they I did. remember them saying. Otherwise, yeah. but, uh, assuming it is. Yeah, no, that's pretty screwy that, Hey, it's maiden yeah. voyage. Bye. It's gone. What? Yeah, exactly. So, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I am, I am completely fine with you making the Titan the Enterprise G. You could have made that the Enterprise F for all I care. Like that, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. That would have made more sense than making it the Enterprise G. Just make it the Enterprise F because they were trying to be after, nice to the, the Star Trek Online fans. That's that's literally well, I, the reason. I mean, okay, but it's just like, uh, all right. You know, and by the way, by the way, I want to see the Enterprise F. <laughs> I want to see that ship in action. I want to see what it can Play do. Play Star Trek Online. <laughs> I've seen like people make uh, have models of it. I'm like, dude, what can this ship do? I want to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I want to know what this can do. Legit, I'd um, love to see. I'd love to see a Star Trek Online, uh, Star Trek um, Enterprise F show. I'd love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, what is there to say that? They don't explain that in Prodigy at some point, and they say, "Oh, the Enterprise F got destroyed somewhere, so we decided to make the Enterprise the, the Titan, the Enterprise Could G." Very well. Happen. I don't know. I don't know. Look at what happened with the Enterprise C. I mean, I mean, we still don't know what happened to the E. <laughs> I, I, they need to. Ex- they Apparently, need to there was a tweet from. I, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, so I'm just going to say Aaron, um, the guy that's heading that does Prodigy. Um, that they're going to explain some of these these things in Prodigy, I guess. Ooh, so, well, that's nice. That is nice. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So I, I'm. It'll be interesting to see where what that where that goes. Um. Also, now we can have Janeway because Janeway's in the series the whole time. So. Yep. Um. By the way, I'm I I do want to do a review on on here about that as well down the road. <laughs> Um, but I yeah, I desperately I mean, need to watch that. I haven't yet, but I want to. So, but th- then there was something that came to me and I wasn't even going to say this on the podcast, but it, I saw this today and I was like, oh shit, that would have been a great, uh, great idea. So, um, basically what this fan had said was, okay, they kept the Titan, the Titan. Jack is going on the ship, but what happens is, is they fly, they do like what, um, what happened in Star Trek, the, for the voyage home at the end there, where you see that, um, Excelsior class ship and they're like, oh, this is going to be the Enterprise A. They actually fly over it 
And on the other side is the Enterprise A, another Constitution-class yeah. ship. So in this case, you'd want um, to just be part of Enterprise F. So, no, 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 no. I'm getting to this. So they fly over the Titan. They do the exact same lines, blah, 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 blah. They fly over the Titan, and in behind it is a Neo-Galaxy-class ship that is now the Enterprise G. Interesting. Okay. Interesting, isn't that? That's a nice thought. That's and a nice I was thought. Like, I, I was like, I, oh my god! I was like, that's actually not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I that, personally like the idea of the Titan being G better, but I, I, yeah, no, that's cool. And that would have been that would because if you remember the line, they use the line in honor of your crew. Yep. So I was like, oh, that would have made sense, like because the Enterprise D was such an integral part of. Uh, you know, the, the, the TNG storyline that it would make sense to make like a Neo galaxy class ship that, so that would have been, that would have been really interesting. Um, by the way, what is with all these Neo? Neo constitution, Neo galaxy. Yeah. So we're going to get a Neo Voyager. Maybe that's why all these interconnected things coming because there's too much Neo. Get it? Uh, Get it? Uh, okay. Anyways. Um, by the way, have you know? well, you didn't see season two, but have you noticed like when they have a, a new ship of a previous ship, it almost looks exactly like the previous one. So like the galaxy class ships, the neon Neo galaxy look almost exactly like galaxy galaxy. Yeah. The Neo constitution is like smaller, constitution. Yes. but they look like the constitution. Yes, I have noticed. And then, like the in season two, there was the um, oh my god, I am I should know I should have this on the top of my head, but I'm tired. Um, Picard's original ship, the um, Stargazer. Oh, Stargazer. They had the Stargazer in season two, and it looks exactly like the Stargazer. I did see the Stargazer there on the ship museum, and that was, I thought that was cool. Yes. Well, I mean, they obviously saved it, so yeah, you would think it would be there at this point. Um. Not saved it. They they took it back from the Ferengi. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's why my score is the way it is. Um, in no way, fashion, or form should you take this as negative because I really enjoyed season three and it's the best season of Picard yet. And I think all the praise and everything else that goes along with it should go to Terry and the crew for how they did this season. But there were issues, and yeah, nothing's perfect. I, but I, nothing's perfect, and I, I really hope that Prodigy really does kind of clear up some of these issues, and we get to see. And even in, if they do do Star Trek Legacy, I really do hope that we get to see some of these things that we weren't able to see in these episodes. Because you know, I, I feel like if they had if they included it, it definitely would have been a higher score for me. I and will say you know this. What? This is the best trek I've seen in 20 years. I know you said that to me. I, I know, I, 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 but I got to say it on the record. Yeah. I. 20 years. And by the way, by the way, laser. Surprisingly, and I wouldn't think that you you would like this series, but you actually liked Enterprise like I did. Enterprise is my second favorite truck show right after TNG. Absolutely. And 
I, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I heard from people like, oh, you know, oh, Enterprise is not Enterprise, that good. But I, I honestly feel like they hate and warranted. Honestly, like the first, like the the well, actually, I'm trying to think where there there was like the first season and a half is a little bit of a shakedown. But yeah, that's always the case in literally every. And then it gets show. really, really good. Oh yeah, late season it's two, really season three. Good. Oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that that show is really good and I, and I'm glad that they kind of brought that a little bit into it too like seeing the the original enterprise there because that was that was pretty there awesome was a too there was a lot of references to basically every version of trek and I love that they yeah. did that not everything got big but mm-hmm. there was a little bit of the original series a little bit of enterprise a little bit yeah. of DS9 a little bit of voyager i mean no a lot of it is voyager a lot Jesus of Christ. it is voyager you're not wrong oh my uh, god but, but still it was great. It's good. It, anyone that grew up in the in the eighties and nineties watching Star Trek, this sh- mm-hmm. this show was for you. And you know, I, I think this was the send off that Next Generation needed. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't think it was. It actually, to me, Jason had said something about this on Twitter about fan service, and I'm yes, sitting there thinking about that, okay, I was like, yes, I was totally commenting on his post I, earlier. I was I I was like, well, I wouldn't say it was fan service, but I can see where you would think that it was fan service because episode nine, episode half of episode nine into ten, I would say would be fan service, but it wasn't all fan service. It wasn't all fan service. It was and what it does, the fan service, it does it well, will be my argument to that. And again, TNG never got the ending it deserved. We we had Nemesis. If it had stopped with all good things, then yes, I'd say it would have. But it didn't. It kept going. And then we got the ending of Nemesis, which, oh god, no. That is not an ending. That That is... Nemesis is a mess. Mm. Um, it's not the worst TNG film that goes to Insurrection, of course, but it's not a good endpoint. And uh, I know that it was stated by by uh, Terry Metalis that uh, this was supposed to be the send off for the TNG crew, the way Undiscovered Country was for the original series. Mission accomplished. Well, and and. Patrick Stewart kind of was like, well, I wanted to do more, but this is how they wanted us to send it off. I mean, I mean, the reception that it's gotten, I can't see why they wouldn't do at least a movie or something. But yeah, I mean, if they don't want to do anything more. This whole thing felt like a expanded Trek movie. That's how it felt. Oh, there is one other thing that I have to put in that nitpick. Yeah. And if somebody would have watched season one, especially season one, because... You missed Data's daughters. Ah, lol. No. No, not lol. Data has two twin daughters. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so now you need to see season one. Because, no, I don't. Yes, you <laughs> I do. I really don't, Paul. <laughs> so, so this was the other nitpick. I'm going to make you watch it. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. Uh, if I have to chain you down and like, you're going to have to come down to Utah and like, blind are you going to, are you going to have a banjo for me? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Wait, 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 wait. Are you going to have a couple Mormons waiting for me? 
Maybe that might okay. happen. That, okay. that, that, that potentially could happen. Potentially. Potentially. Keeping in mind that almost everyone here is Mormon. So, but, and, and apparently, apparently this was actually a scene that was cut. Um, I wanted data to meet his daughter. I wouldn't have been opposed to that. No, I, but I, because so in season two, um, ironically, um, Wesley Crusher shows up. That's who I wanted to see throughout this whole season that I didn't. So yes. And that, that is another one where I'm kind of That's like, one of my nitpicks right there. Yeah. Especially since his brother was being attacked. Why wouldn't you do anything? And, and yeah, that's the other thing too, is like, not only that, but you're you're a time not a time traveler he's you're a, um, a traveler he's a traveler he he's gotta know this is going on the only yeah. ex- excuse that he's got is ex- if he had intervened it would have made it worse that's the only excuse right. he's got but so he's he's got i want to see the brothers together i do so you know basically what happens is wesley um meets with data's daughter and says hey look we want to offer you to be a traveler with us. Um, you can either stay doing what you're doing or you can become a traveler. And that's what ends up happening. If she becomes uh-huh. a traveler. So I would have just liked to seen her kind of, um, I would have liked to see her and data me because I think that would have been a really touching scene. Well, um, they could still do that. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that they actually shot the scene and it's on the D, on the Blu-ray Ooh. because I will I will like the, I will this probably comes out man Blu-ray, cry. I'm buying it absolutely. I'm, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna man cry if that happens honestly. <laughs> um, and then and then yeah I forgot about this too. So the one thing that'll make Laser laugh. So they made a second. So as a result of season two, because of Q fucking with the timeline, there is, how do I say this? There is a, what, how do I, how do I, how do I word this? A different version of the Borg out there still. I've heard of this. So, and they're called, um, the Girardi because that's her name. Um, but so it's not the fact that that others, other Borg is out there. And I understand that they were protecting, they were keeping an eye on this trans warp, um, aperture that showed up. Um, that, that didn't, that right there didn't really, I didn't really care about that. Um, but what I cared about was like, well, wait a minute. Here's another character like Laris that you had through season one and season two. She doesn't show up and help you like, you know, I think attack the board. The answer to that is simple. People like me tuned into this and we were kind of the target audience for this. So no, no, I, I get clearly, that. And I think this is the strength of the season. They clearly limited the knowledge needed of the prayer seasons. And I think that's a strength. But but think about this, for example. Remember, I have a complaint about how powerful the Enterprise D is. If they had shown up and helped the Enterprise D, you know, 
take out the the deterrence as they said people would have been confused about who they are and they would have to spend a lot of time explaining it i think but that's without them but that would have that for me who's who knows what's going on right um would have made sense that it's better that they didn't do that for the sake of accessibility no i understand and and the last thing too because all this is finally coming to me before right before we're supposed to end this I mean, um, if we could, we could go for hours and find pros. Yeah, pros, probably. Honestly, the la- this is finding. the last thing, though. This is the last thing. So, and I'm losing it as I'm as I'm thinking. <laughs> that, that's why I'm kind of like, okay, come on. <laughs> um. So, what was I thinking? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get it back into my head, and it's like twelve eleven at, at night. Um. So yeah, having the Borg, having the Borg show up, like I was thinking that the reason that, that, that transwarp aperture showed up was because the Borg were trying to distract these Borg and keep them away from, you know, all the action that was going on. Um, oh, that's what it was. So and I said this to you, you'll remember this because I said I DM'd you this when we were talking about it. Um, they could have easily just done season one and then did this season, and then it would have been fine. Well, you can always just pretend it doesn't season two doesn't exist, or you can be well, season two doesn't exist in my mind. But, in my you know. mind, the other two both season one and two don't exist. So there you go. <laughs> Well, you kind of need season one to get. I don't some need it season at all. Three. <laughs> season three explains everything that I needed to understand. What oh, easy! Really I'm gonna get you to watch this somehow, even if I have to bribe you or something. I don't know. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna no, do it somehow. Seriously, I, I didn't. I never felt like I couldn't understand what was going on. I never felt like that, and I think that's the strength of it. And honestly, I don't want to watch it because I've. No one has said it's good. The best I've heard about season one is that it's okay. No thanks. And that's the best I've heard of it. No, thank you. Well, we're going to sit down and watch it together at some point. I've decided it. I'll, I'll like, I'll like drug you or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you watch Prodigy, I guess that's fine. Prodigy will happen. You yes. got my word on Prod because I want to see that. Oh, man, you're going to love it. You're going to love that's it. But I you got to, you got to remember that this is. If you've seen, I don't know if you if you saw Voltron, but it's kind of along the lines of that. I, I, I've seen. You mean the Netflix one? Yes. I've seen a few episodes of it. It's good. I I always meant to watch more, so that's fine. It's kind of along the same vein where it's supposed to be for kids, but clearly it's meant for an older audience as well. That's fine. I actually so, find that to be a fun mix. Um. So yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk about more stuff. You know, I mean, not just Star Trek, by the way. This is a podcast that talks about cartoons. I think I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. By the way, to kind of relate this to Toonami, TNG is one of the reasons why I watch Toonami. Obviously, Thundercats is the Thundercats thing that... Thundercats was the big connection for me, but... Right. But, you know, the sci-fi vein of it mm-hmm. was because of TNG. Well, you want you want some real connections... Teen, uh, Star Trek wasn't a major inspiration for Gundam. Not kidding. Yeah. So there's a lot of crossover. Uh, I mean, Trek and anime are both pretty nerdy things. So there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of our audience that probably already Trek fans or at least Trek aware. 
Well, I think we've we've kind of mined this way I, too much. I think we have definitely gotten to the end of this uh, trek. Ha 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 ha. Um, anyways, so those of you that have heard this, if you like it um, and you want us to do more of these off-topic podcasts, please let me know. Um, you can email me, paulpascurlo at tunamifaithful.com. Or you can even just email the podcast, podcast at tunamifaithful.com. And just let us know if you want us to do off-topic things, like talking about, you know, anime that's not on Toonami, for example. Or talking about, you know, shows like Voltron, for example. Voltron, if you guys want or, us to... Or maybe you want us to talk about Star Wars, the other big uh, yeah. American sci-fi it, The sky's franchise. the limit. Right now, with Toonami being the way that it is, I am more than well willing to take episodes and do special things like this if you guys want us to do it. So just make sure you let us know. Um, I mean, you guys pretty much know you can find us on every single podcast app out there. All you got to do is search for Tsunami Faithful Podcast and you can find us on your favorite podcast app um, and listen to us there. So um, please do do that. But I'm not going to go through everything that we are, that we have. Um, you know where to find us by now. If you're new listeners, um, the most important thing is to follow us on Twitter at Toonami Podcast and to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast. So, yeah. Um, Laser, where can they find you, sir? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime, and you can find me frequently guesting on uh, fellow Toonami Faithful staffers, uh, V Lords podcast universe full of random podcasts, including the Demon Slayer podcast, which is currently going on for the new season. He's crazy. V Lord is in, is insane, but I love him. And um, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Biscrillo. Um, Obviously, I do this podcast, and I do another podcast called Two Strangers One Podcast. So you can find me there as well. And, um, like I said, you can email me, paulbiscrillo at tunamifaithful.com. So, yeah, um, thank you guys for listening to this very long episode of the Tunami Faithful podcast. Uh, like I said, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we can do more of these off-topic uh, episodes. And uh, hopefully they won't have long synopsis like I just did. Well, if we don't <laughs> do an entire season at a time, I think we'll probably do better. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we should do half, like <laughs> like Sketch does. I think these. that there's a reason that that happens. Yeah, so maybe we'll do it that way differently. Maybe when we do Prodigy, we'll do the first half and then the other half as a different episode. So, um, But yeah, that's it for this week's Toonami Faithful Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for listening all these years because we do this for you guys. But that's it for this episode. Peace. We're out. <laughs>